Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. Bruce Lawn. In light of all the conversations of the high value man, all the shenanigans going on that I've been covering on this channel, I wanted to make a video about how I met my wife, how she helped me become a high value man, which is a subjective definition. But nevertheless, if we're going to use the definition used by the Kevin Samuels, which is top 5%, top 1% of earners, by the grace of God, your boy's up there. Now, this video is going to be talking about specifically about relationships, my relationship. And I'll do a separate video about my career and the financial side of things. And even if you want to dig deep and know what I make, like exactly. And by the way, it's went up since we made this video. That's on our Patreon community, which reason you can go subscribe, partner. There's a video on there. I'll try to remember to pin it up if you guys want to know where I'm at. And let's just say me and my wife are multiple six figures on our way to building a seven-figure net worth. I don't do that as a flex. Like, I'm not trying to dunk on anybody. I say this with the hope that it inspires and encourages people that it is possible. Maybe not everybody is going to do it, but it is possible, especially if you come from the type of upbringing we come from. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to break this down. I'm going to tell our story, and I'm going to break this down with some principles, okay? Make sure you stay till the end, Okay, don't play yourself. Stay to the end. Now, this may not apply to everybody in every context. Some of you guys are like, yeah, Ruslan, but you got that, 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 right? Okay, we're going to talk about principles, big ideas. So just a few things, okay? Extract what you can from my story. Extract what you can from my story. I am not claiming to be an authority, a relationship guru, or any of that, okay? Be self-aware about your situation. So we have to get that out of the way. Because I know some of you guys are going to be like, well, you're the exception to the rule. Listen, I don't know if I'm the exception to the rule. I'm saying that when I look around at the vast majority of folks that I know that are married, they more or less follow these principles that I'm going to go over regardless of age, regardless of socioeconomic background, regardless of any of that. And so I want to just make that really clear. Now, I know what you guys are wondering how we went from this right here. Okay, this is us. Uh, one of our first trips together, and that is my wife, Monette, and we are a California adventure in this photo. We are probably, probably 19, 20 in this. She's probably 17, 18 in this, okay? We met very young. I'll show you guys another photo, because I know what you guys are wondering. How do we go from this, and then this is another one, to that with the terrible terrible oversized hat I was wearing. At least in this photo, I look like I had a little bit of swag with the Jimi Hendrix shirt on and the Star Star David. I was wearing a Star, a star David uh, uh, necklace. Um, now they confuse, confuse me for a Hebrew Israelite if I had on a Star David uh, joint. Uh, <laughs> from that to, to this where I look like... Um, I look like I just got out of getting treated for leukemia in that photo. No disrespect to anybody who... Um, who has leukemia. Uh, and then this is the beginning of the glow up right here is the beginning of the glow up. Um, here I look like a sociopath. Okay. I look like a sociopath, but this was the beginning of the globe. This is us in Atlanta around 2013, 2014, 
one of my first trips to Atlanta. I was getting show money. We was doing, uh, we was almost able to quit my job then um, to where we are now, which is 13 years happily married, two incredible kids. Multiple six-figure income, serving Jesus faithfully. Put some respect on my name. Um, we went from 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 B rabbit to B glowed up. I just came up with that off my off the top of my head. All right, uh, my wife is still fine as ever, and that is that 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 is where. So 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 we're gonna talk about how I, how we went from this. Okay, this one is more cringy. That is just a definitely B Rabbit, definitely Malibu's most wanted vibes, right? And, and to this, okay, which I think I look pretty good in that photo. All right, some big W's happened in in, in between. Okay. We met back in high school. We were not high school sweethearts. We knew each other. We were acquaintances in high school. When we were acquaintances in high school, we didn't really interact. I worked at Bringle Terrace Park for the City of Vista throwing shows. My wife was into music, and she would come to some of these shows. Some of these shows I performed at, some of them I didn't. I was the artistic, creative guy, so much so that the city hired me to throw events at the local park, and we would throw concerts. And she would come to some of these concerts. Later on, your boy got saved. And I uh, started serving Jesus, and I started this ministry. I've talked about it called The Vessel of Hip Hop. It, it was a Bible study. And I remember that I would pick up a lot of our friends from high school, and there was a couple times where I would give her a ride, and we would go to this ministry called The Vessel of Hip Hop. And this is about 17, 18. And she was, uh, she was super cool. I knew that she was a Christian. I didn't know a whole lot about her. Now, in the process, I was dating multiple other girls. We weren't dating. We were just acquaintances. We were friends. But I knew... There was something to her temperament. I knew there was something to her persona, if you will, right? She was very cool, very mellow, very humble, very quiet. And I am not, okay? <laughs> I am not. I am the opposite of all of those things. <laughs> or at least I, I definitely was back then. So we're hanging out. We're having a good time uh, going to this Bible study. We don't, we don't really know each other. I maybe gave her a ride once or twice. Fast forward to I graduate high school. And I had just gotten out of this relationship with this girl. She was older. I think she was 19, 20. I was younger. We met on the internet. She breaks my heart. And I end up going to prom last minute with an ex. And she was super cool about it. But I finished high school and I was so heartbroken. And so I said, I am going to take a year off from dating. I'm going to consecrate myself, if you will. I'm not going to date. And in that year, the, the next person I want to, to date, I want to be my wife. I knew this at a very young age. I knew this at 18. Now, some of my motivation for that was that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wait a mad long until I date. I also had this thing, this confidence in me, partly delusion that at some point, if I was going to date someone and I was too popping as a rapper, it, it would it, it may bring in the right the wrong type of person. And so I did like I'm thinking this stuff at like 18, right? Like I'm not even lit yet. And so I had this in my mind. And so I said, you know, I'm not gonna date for the year, Lord. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna consecrate this year to you. And in that year, there was three different girls, three that I was talking to, messing with, 
uh, crossing boundaries with just being a knucklehead. And it, it culminated to another early girl, uh, an older girl, and a, a girl that was my age. Now, both all these women, I was they, they were my fetish, right? There was a, a specific thing I want, whether an older girl with, with, with a lot of money or a younger girl who looked this way and was this height and just very, ve- very vain stuff, okay? Very vain stuff. And what I'm not saying is that attraction is not important. I'm saying attraction shouldn't be the primary reason why you date somebody, okay? So the first principle I want you guys to take away from this is that reputation over attraction. What I found out is the the most attractive girls, the baddest girls, and I, you know, your boy was talking to some fly girls. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. But the baddest girls that I talked to were the most emotionally unstable borderline out of their mind type of women. And I knew very early age that it wasn't just all about attraction because I saw this pattern that all of these attractive girls weren't the most stable. And I would say, by and large, this is applicable to everybody. If someone has been attractive their whole life, if someone's been talented their whole life, they don't necessarily work on the integrity and the confidence and the humility and, and, and the gentleness and the kindness. It's my experience in high school. Maybe that's evolved. Maybe the most attractive people today are the kindest people. But at the time, when I was 18... That was the situation. So I'm talking to different girls, girls of all ethnicities, by the way. You got some of you guys like, you, you, Ruslan, your wife is black. Because you like, no, it was in this year, there was three different girls, all different ethnicities. And so with that, um, I remember I was talking to one girl. She didn't pull up to my birthday. And my birthday was at another girl's house who I didn't start talking to. My, mind you, I'm not supposed to date. I'm consecrating this year for the Lord. And the girl that didn't that, that, that flaked on me six months later, we are at this event for something, and it was this like Christian graduation ceremony at a church. And I remember that I had emailed out a bunch of people on my email list, and I was throwing an album release party. So I'm around promoting this album release party, and the 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 one person, the one person who responded back to my email for this album release party that I was throwing. This is 2004, was my wife, okay? And she responded and she said, yeah, I'll help you promote this thing. Sent out hundreds of emails. When one person responded, it was my wife. And I knew her, we knew each other, we were friendly, nothing romantic, and I'm consecrating this year. And I remember being at this church, dropping off flyers for the album release party, and then having to go uh, to, to, to go and meet my wife next. That was That was the next step in this day I had. And I was at this crossroads because as I was getting ready to leave, the really attractive girl who I was talking to that flaked on my birthday, she was having this graduation. She probably doesn't even know this. She was having this graduation and I saw her and she was, you know, whatever. And I, and it, and I, it was this fork in the road moment. Go meet with my wife and drop off the flyers. I wasn't sure if we were going to date or anything like that or, or stay here and rekindle what this situation with this girl because some time had passed i was really physically attracted to her and it, and it, and it was like the providence of god man and this is why i'm not mad at any of the calvinists that was like a fork in the road moment and it was and it definitely felt like go here go this way go meet with monette go meet with go first of all go honor your word and go meet with her and i'm and we met Hung out at Starbucks. Neither one of us drank coffee at the time. Uh, we didn't get a drink. We just sat and talked. And in that conversation, 
I'm 19. She's 17. In that conversation, she had just graduated. She was about to graduate high school. I'm, I'm, I'm 19, so I'm a year out. I'm a year older than her. Class of 03. And I felt like this is your wife. And I don't know if that was me. I don't know if that was God. I don't know what it was. But it was like, this is your wife. And so in the process of that, this is what I want you guys to take away from this. The other girl, she was taller. She had green eyes. But I knew my wife's reputation. I knew she wasn't wild. I knew she didn't talk to a bunch of dudes in the community. I knew that she was being pure, more or less, as I was being or attempting to be at least. I knew that she was not having a reckless reputation. A lot of us, when it comes to dating, relationships were primarily led with the wrong head. Especially men. Especially men. You're primarily led with the wrong head. You're primary after what is the most attractive thing in the moment to you right now, the eye candy, right? And again, from my experience, a lot of times the most attractive women have a lot of baggage. Let me give you an example of this. That girl, the very attractive one that I didn't stay for the graduation ceremony, I met my wife. You know what happened? She then called me. About two or three months later, at this point, me and my wife are dating. She called me, and let me, this is wild. She learned to read and write, or at the very least, write in Russian. She wasn't Russian. I speak Russian. I'm Armenian. I speak Russian. And called me and read this love letter over the phone to me for about 10 minutes about how God told her we were going to be together. I was with my wife or my girlfriend at the time, we, and I was like, you learned Russian and wrote this elaborate thing? And it was the weirdest thing. And, and she was like, God told me we were going to be together. God told me we were going to be together. And I was like, what, fam? And I just had to break. So like, I'm sorry. Like, I've met someone. I've moved on. You know? And that, to me, showed me that there was something off. You ain't talked to me in, 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 in eight months. Okay? And you, call, and, you, and you wrote me a letter in Russian and called me and told me about it. Long story short, um, I'm so happy I did not date that girl. Now, the next point. Submit your instincts to boundaries. I don't think we were designed to wait until we were 30, mid-30s, and 40s uh, until we procreate and enjoy the amazing pleasure of sex. I don't think that that's how God intended it. That's my opinion. I think uh, uh, Scripture probably backs that up. I think if we look at the way our human bodies are developing, when we hit peak sexual urges, all that kind of stuff, um, backs that up. I don't think that we were designed to be that way. However, I still had to wait four years in between meeting my wife and us started dating and getting married. I had to submit my instincts to my boundaries. We all have certain urges, sexual urges. We all have certain primal, primal instincts, whatever you want to call it. 
I had to submit those to boundaries. At the time, there was a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Complete, utter purity culture trash. The dude then recanted the book, walked away from Jesus, isn't a Christian anymore. Just foolishness. It was so foolish that me and my wife actually taught a Bible study about it. And we read boundaries in dating. And we knew that we needed to have boundaries. Not just physical boundaries, okay? But we needed to have emotional boundaries. We needed to restrain our expectations. We needed to restrain our expectations. I felt like the very first time we sat down at that Starbucks and had a real conversation, the Starbucks off of Vista Village, next to the Kokorian movie theater, the very first time we sat and had that conversation, I felt like God, the Holy Spirit, my instincts, my feelings, I don't know what it was. I think it was God. In hindsight, it appears to be God, told me this is your wife. I had to restrain my expectation and not drop that on her. Some of y'all start dating somebody and, and, and before they even get warmed up to you, you start telling them everything God told you. God told me that you're going to be my wife. God told me that we're going to end up together. God told me that we need to do this. God told me that you need to be this way. It's all these, all these, all these expectations. All these expectations, and what you're doing is you, 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 you haven't submitted your instincts to just say whatever you think, your, your feelings to feel and say whatever you think. You haven't restrained those to any type of boundaries, and you haven't restrained your expectation. Even if you meet somebody and you feel like, wow, this I could procreate and have children and start a family with this person. Don't tell them that. You don't need to tell them that. One because you're going to freak them out. If I was 19 telling my 17-year-old girlfriend, you know, God told me that you my wife and we're going to get married and start a family and I'm going to be a creative entrepreneur. It would have freaked her out. It would have freaked her out. You don't, Listen, your honesty isn't always truth and isn't always helpful. You being honest about what you feel in the moment isn't always the most beneficial thing to do. So submit your instincts to boundaries and restrain your expectations. These are just principles, okay? I'm not projecting my experience on you. These are just principles on how I build a healthy relationship. Become bilingual. Become bilingual. What am I talking about? The best book that we ever read as a couple, and we read a lot of books as couples, by the way. We went to a lot of marriage conferences. We both come from broken families, divorce, adultery, the whole gamut. The best book that we read as a couple was a book called The Five Love Languages, okay? And The Five Love Languages was this idea that everybody has a primary love language and everybody has a secondary love language. And sometimes people have different love languages and the way you express love is different than how somebody else expresses love. So you got to become bilingual in relationships to understand how someone else gives love. And it's if you are in a relationship, this is by far one of the best books you can read. Become bilingual in your love languages. There's five of them. Physical touch, acts of service, uh, quality time, uh, 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 gifts, and there's one more. It, it, I don't remember what the other one was. Clearly, it's not my wife's. Uh, <laughs> and so we, we had to become bilingual, understand the different ways we give and we receive affection and we give affirmation. Um, words of affirmation. I think is, that, is, is the last one. Did I say that one? Anyway, five by uh, five love languages. Figure out if you Google if you Google five love languages, you could find it. It's, I don't remember the name of the author. Life changing book. Um, we've read it before we got married. And I think we read it after we got married. Acts of service. Thank you. Um, 
Really good book. So become bilingual and understand that the way you give affection and the way you give love is not the same way that the way the other person may give love. Some people don't like to use words of affirmation. Some people, they don't need to be reminded that, uh, you know, they're beautiful or whatever, right? Not to say that you shouldn't say that, but just that's just not what some, some people aren't on that time. They just want quality time. They just want they just want to be in your presence. They just want to be in your proximity. They just want to be around you. And so these are the types of things that we started learning very early on in the process. Autonomy of identity is another principle. What, what am I talking about? Autonomy of identity. Too many of you guys start dating and you completely, you completely lose your identity in the relationship. You completely forget who the heck you are. You stop contacting and hanging out with your friends. You give up your hobbies and you jump all the way into the honeymoon phase. And if the relationship, which is, which is, re, which is a real thing, and you lose who you are in the process. And so to the things that attracted the other person to you are now are, are, are missing from the equation because you've lost your identity. Your identity, your identity is now the relationship. Your identity is now who you function in the relationship instead of saying, who am I and what am I into and what are my habits and, and who are my friends and what are the things that I'm passionate about? And so by the grace of God, my wife had her own community. She had her own friends. She had her own church. We went to different churches. She had her own ministries that she served in. She had her own, uh, she went to a different college. She joined a uh, sorority. She did a lot of things completely autonomous of me. And at the time, I don't keep it a buck. I was a little jealous. I was like, well, you want to hang out with me? But it was so good for her to the point. I mean, she went on a mission trip to China by herself. She went to like a youth, a young adults camp by herself. She was doing these little mission trips, all these different things because she had autonomy of identity and she knew who she was and she maintained that. She didn't cut her friends off. She didn't stop hanging out with friends. She, she maintained that closeness to her community. And a lot of times, a lot of times y'all, y'all been dating somebody for three weeks and you didn't forgot who the heck you were. Autonomy of identity, I think, is so important because you want to be a whole person when you come into a situation. You don't want to lose yourself in the relationship. You don't want to lose who you are in the relationship. And so autonomy of identity is vastly important. Now, you want to grow together. And this is, this is to me, was one of the best things we did is because we knew that we didn't have all the answers. We knew we didn't have everything figured out. We knew that we had all kinds of issues and traumas from our childhood and not having our dad in the picture. I mean, we had a lot, we had a lot of issues, okay? But we knew we needed to be committed to grow together. We knew we needed to be committed to continue growing as individuals and as, as, as a couple, Okay, and so we would do things together and we would do things apart. We would have our time together and we'd have our time apart. And we built certain routines and did trips together and that kind of stuff. And we also did certain things apart. Okay, and so with that, um, you have to be willing to grow in the same direction and 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 be transparent about what where it is that you hope to become. What are your dreams? But don't make it weird. Don't start talking about marriage 
a week into the relationship. Don't start talking about how many kids you want a week into the relationship. Don't start talking about when you'd like to get married, at what age you want to be. you 21 dating somebody, they, you know, uh, really like to be married by 22. Fan, that's weird. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. And I would say when you grow together, one of the best things you can do, pray for each other. Pray for each other. Meaning that before I ever come to my wife with an issue, majority of the time, I stop and I pray for her first. I just be praying. I be interceding for her. I be praying for her. Okay. When you pray for each other, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whatever, when you're praying for each other, you will be surprised. You'll be surprised how the Holy Spirit will do his job. He'll pull up and, and, and deal with the heart issue without there sometimes even needing to be a conversation or confirmation. Pray for each other. Pray for each other. Like, really be praying for each other. And that, that's something that we... And so there have been times where, like, yo, your boy be out here working too much, doing his thing, traveling, tra- trying to make stuff happen. Not recently. Um, and, and, and all of a sudden, just, just oh, just the weight. And I just get crushed with conviction. I was like, well, my wife, then she done told the Holy Spirit on me. She done told the Holy Spirit on me. You know, and so that's the thing. And, it's, and there's been other instances where I've... um. I've prayed for her and, and, and I've had certain things and I, oh, I wish we could grow in this area. And then all of a sudden, whoa, there's a there's a mentality shift in her. There's a there's a character there's a character growth in her. It's 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 wild how these things work, man. And so praying for each other, I think, is, is vastly important. So as we built this thing out together, um, because we had some good safeguards in our marriage, because we and this is not an exhaustive list, like these are just some these are just some 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 basic principles that you that that, that I think can help you. Um, but because we had these things together, we were able to build a stable life by working jobs and getting out of debt and lowering our expenses. And then we were able to sow and reap so that we can level up. So that we didn't just have to trade our time for money, we started trading our results for money. We started trading our results for money, okay? And so with that, as you guys are thinking about this, some of you guys are going to be like, Ruslan, where do I meet somebody? Ruslan, you don't understand. You were young when you got married. Ruslan, I'm 35. I'm single. Ruslan, da 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 Listen, are you becoming the type of person that you would want to marry? I talked about this last time. Your heart. Where's your heart at? Where's your heart at? Are you are you becoming the type of person that someone would want to marry from the inside out? From your character, your integrity, your intimacy with God to your how you carry yourself, how you take care of yourself, right? And if you're doing that, a lot of times it can be all kinds of different ways you can meet somebody. I I text a couple of friends out. How does that mean? There's folks that, that that met on the internet. There's folks that met at church, local singles ministry on Valentine's Day. Uh, Alan Parsons texted me back, told me that. He said him and his wife met at the singles ministry uh, on Valentine's Day. Uh, John McCray texted me back, said they, they met in downtown Nashville. Him and his wife met in downtown Nashville while they, while, they was, uh, while they was in front of a bar or a club. They weren't really walking with Jesus yet. They were kind of Christian, kind of not, right? There's so many different ways you can meet somebody. But here's what I don't want, is I don't want you guys making relationships and making marriage an idol and then you meet somebody but you aren't ready you aren't ready to 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 move on to a covenantal marriage you aren't married you aren't ready to be a husband or be a wife 
that that's that's worse than not being with somebody is meeting somebody and repeating this psych this loop of making the same goofy mistakes over and over over and over over and over and then yeah by the time you're 30 it's very difficult to maintain boundaries. <laughs> it's very difficult to practice purity and not having sex before you're married. It's very difficult to do that if you're in this goofy loop of doing the same thing over and over, not having boundaries, not not having your own identity, not maintaining your own relationship with God, not maintaining your own community. It's very difficult. And so work on yourself. The type of person you're looking for would they want to be with you? I don't mean, I don't mean who you, who, who God grows you into. I mean, just the basics, fam. Are you kind? Are you patient? Are you loving? Right? Like first Corinthians chapter 13, like, are, are, are you that type of person? If you are, and you're still having trouble, okay, how are you doing on the physical side of things? Are you taking care of your body? Are you sleeping? Are you drinking enough water? Are you exercising? Okay. Now let's just say you got a popping character. You love Jesus. You, 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 you are just the salt of the earth. Okay. And let's just say you're taking care of yourself. Okay. Let's just say you're taking care of yourself. You got, you got, uh, you're, you're, you're doing your, you do you're doing the best. You are doing the best with what God has given you. And that's all, that's, all, that's all I'm after at the end of the day. With my life is I want to do the very best with what God has given me. And, and, and let's just say both of those things are true. Okay, now you got to examine your network. Now you got to examine your friend group. Now you got to examine who you, who, who, who you can connect with. What kind of church are you in, right? So I'm not saying yes or no against dating apps or whatever. Like, I think that is where... That is how that plays out, right? Usually you're going to meet somebody through somebody or you might meet somebody randomly at the mall. I don't know. But I think so many of us aren't really working on ourselves and we're looking for something. And again, I am not speaking in absolute terms. I'm not speaking in absolute terms. I'm giving you guys ideas. I'm giving you guys principles. Delaying gratification, having restraint, having discipline, right? Like, Pressing into Jesus, learning to pray, becoming the type of person you want to see in the world, taking care of yourself, stewarding your body, right? Be, maintaining relationships outside of this, the, the dating field, not making marriage an idol, not making a relationship an idol. These are ideas. These are principles that I think can transcend whether you're dating in 2021, 2022, or when you're dating in 2001, 2003, when I was dating, 2004. I think these principles can transcend and what you what you want is you want to build something with someone. You want to build that IKEA marriage. Just from a very practical standpoint, let me break it down to you like this. People remaining single longer. Who do you think that's in whose best interest do you think that's in? Do you think that's in people's best interest or do you think that's in society's and renters' best interest? The longer you stay single, the more you got to have multiple places. You got to rent separate. You got to rent your own apartment. You got to rent your own, your, uh, your own space, right? That's if you moved out of your parents' house. So now you, 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 you're living on your own. Your overhead is higher. Of course, society doesn't want you to move in with your spouse and build a marriage together. Of course, society doesn't, doesn't want you to, 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 you know, build together, they want to perpetuate this adolescence phase. 
Why? Because it's in the best benefit of society. Because they know if this, the, the more you're single, the more likely you are to pay more for rent, the more likely you are to go out and spend money on stuff you don't need, the more likely you are to, to, to spend frivolously. It's not, in, it's not in your benefit. It's not in your interest to wait a gajillion 25 years until you're married. Okay, so these are just some principles. I am not speaking in absolute terms. You, the pushback is going to be roost on what you haven't dated since you were 19. You were right. Your boy's been out of the game. However, 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 I think these principles are fairly true. I think if we examine how people are meeting each other now, it's usually somebody from your network. It's usually from somebody you know of a friend of a friend. It's usually somebody you know from, oh, that's, that's my so-and-so's friend, and they go to a different church. It's usually because somebody is building together and all these different things. And a lot of us, listen, a lot of us, a lot of us really do need to get our life together. If I could do anything different, if I could do anything different is I wish I would have been in therapy earlier. If I could do anything different, I wish I would have worked out my junk earlier. If I could do anything because it would have saved, it would have saved me and my wife the headache of needing to work this stuff out on the other side, on the other side of being married and, and, and trying to deal with the trauma from my childhood, trying to deal with the drama, trying to deal with all this stuff. So if you're young, you're single, okay, this is the time to work on yourself. This is the time to work on yourself. This is the time to become the type of person you would like to be with. Work on yourself now. Don't make marriage and all these different things an idol. And, and I have this funny feeling that if you prioritize your relationship with Jesus, that if you prioritize your, your growth, that if you prioritize you becoming more like Jesus, I have this weird feeling that God is going to be faithful. I have this weird feeling that God is going to give you the desires of your heart as long as your heart is aligned with his desires for you. I'll say it again. I have this weird feeling, not speaking in absolute terms. I'm not saying everyone's going to get a spouse. You get a spouse. You get a spouse. You get a spouse. But I got this weird feeling. The more you align yourself with Jesus, God's going to give you the desires of your heart as your desires Become more aligned with his heart. If you've enjoyed this video, one of the best ways you could help is by just simply hitting that like button. That helps itself with the YouTube algorithm. And make sure you're subscribed. 56% of the folks who watch this channel are not subscribed. So make sure you subscribe. Road to 100K. That would be incredible. And if you want to go above and beyond, join our Patreon community. I am going to be doing some exclusive, secret, uncensored, private live streams just for the Patreon community in the coming days. And you should be there so that you don't miss out. We do Zoom calls, exclusive content, discount codes, all that kind of good stuff. So thank you so much for watching this video. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. God bless you. Peace. When you put God in the mix. Ah, yes. yes. Holy smokes, you made it through the entire episode. Shout out to you. Probably means you're rocking with what we're doing. And again, we ain't got no sponsors on this show, and I'm going to keep it that way. But. What you can do to keep it sponsor-free is consider signing up for our King's Dream Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Best way to get a hold of me, best way to hop into a group Zoom call, and the best way to partner with what we're doing here. Help us create more stuff just like this.
Thank you for listening. Peace.